You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to GI Insights, where we cover the latest clinical issues, trends, and technologies in gastroenterological practice. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. Your host for GI Insights is Professor of Medicine at University of Illinois Chicago, Dr. Jay Goldstein. Reliance on technology and electronic information in healthcare seems inevitable. So as time moves on, how about electronic prescribing? Is this a viable solution to address shortcomings of the current paper-based prescribing process? Joining me to discuss electronic prescribing and its effect on GI practice is Dr. Peter Kaufman. Dr. Kaufman is a partner of the Metropolitan Gastroenterology Group based in Washington, D.C. and the surrounding area. He also serves as the chief medical officer of Dr. First, a company specializing in electronic prescribing. Dr. Kaufman, welcome to ReachMD. Thanks very much. What's wrong with a paper script and a signature? Paper scripts have worked for decades or maybe centuries, and there's nothing wrong with them, but they can be improved upon. There are some issues with medication use that do lead to patient problems associated with a paper script. The obvious one is handwriting. When doctors literally scribble on a script because they're hurrying to get to their next patient, often the pharmacy can't read it and will call back to clarify the prescription or worse, think they can read it and occasionally read the wrong medication. So transcription errors at the level of the pharmacy is a major healthcare problem, isn't it? It certainly is. But there are other issues as well. Drug-drug and drug-allergy interactions usually won't be caught at the level of the physician, although they are usually checked at the pharmacy. Unfortunately, patients may go to more than one pharmacy to fill their medication prescriptions, and drug-drug interactions could be missed, or they may not tell the pharmacist about all their allergies. So checking for that at the time the prescription is being written can kind of put a hold on the prescription, tell the doctor that he needs to rethink that particular medication. In addition, electronic prescriptions are checked for dosing and duplicate therapy, so the doctor can be alerted at the time that they're writing prescriptions about those kind of clinical issues. So you're basically telling us that there's not an integrated way of following medication use and filling of prescriptions across the country. Is that correct? That's correct, and that's all about patient safety, but it also improves the doctor's workflow. For example, when a doctor's writing a prescription for a proton pump inhibitor, most of us don't care that much which proton pump inhibitor it is. However, the payer may care very much, and you give the patient some samples of one of the proton pump inhibitors, they're doing great on it, and you give them a prescription for it, and you get a fax back from the PBM saying, this is not the one we cover. We cover a different one. That's not the one you gave them samples of or the prescription for. They may already have filled a prescription, and this is for the renewals, and they're doing great on it. Do you want to change them midstream, or do you want to cost them a higher copay? If we can give that information at the time that the prescription's actually being written and said, gee, instead of this proton pump inhibitor, the insurance would prefer this one, do you mind? Then it's very easy for the doctor to switch the medication at the time the prescription is being written to the one that's covered and save the patient a little money, save their office staff a fax, and save them the time of looking at the patient's chart and deciding whether to switch the drug or not. That's fascinating. Well, how do you envision that the system is working or will be working in a more global sense? Well, the system is working now, but not a majority of physicians are using electronic prescribing yet. Many are using systems with their electronic medical record 
where they can get the drug-drug and drug-allergy interactions, but they're not getting the formulary information, and they're not getting the connectivity into the pharmacies. The way the system should work, and it is working in about 10 or 20,000 doctors' offices today, and it may be as much as 50, is the patient comes in, the doctor pulls up the patient to write the prescription, and they're presented with the patient's medication history. If they've never obtained the patient's medication history, they can click a link on their system, and it'll bring down the patient's medication history for them, at which point they verify it with the patient, make sure those are the drugs and strengths that they're taking. Then they can either renew one of those medications or write a new prescription from a favorites list or enter the name of a drug, and the system will show them the formulations and how it's generally prescribed, and they can choose that or write any type of prescription that they want, including a free text drug. Then the system, while they're writing it, is checking for formulary, checking for duplicate therapy, drug-drug interactions, drug-allergy interactions, dosing, and they complete the prescription, renew it, and sign it digitally. At that point, it's sent electronically into the patient's pharmacy. So when the patient wants to go get the prescription, they don't have to drop it off and wait or come back. They just have to go and pick it up, which should improve compliance. If we do this, who's going to fund all of this and integrate this nationally? Well, that's an excellent question because there are some costs, but there are more savings than costs. The pharmacists save some money because they don't have to call the doctor's office when they can't read the prescription. They don't have to call the doctor's office for renewals. They can do it electronically. The PBMs save a lot of money by getting improved compliance with their formulary. And also, even though the system doesn't specifically drive toward this, there is more generic use with electronic prescribing. And the physician's office saves money in terms of the time that they have to spend dealing with renewals and writing prescriptions once they get the system set up and going. Well, you sound like a champion for this type of prescribing. Who are you speaking to? Who are you trying to get involved? Is this the national chains of pharmacies? Is this the pharma industry? Are these physician groups? Who's going to lead this charge? Well, right now, all of the chains are on board. They haven't turned all of their pharmacies on, but about 80% of the pharmacies in the country, including independents, are currently turned on for electronic prescribing. It's the physicians and their staffs that are unwilling you know, to push for this, and with good reason. Doctors are not afraid of technology. They've never been afraid of technology, but they are afraid of changing something in their workflow that works, especially when they're inundated with work now, to try something new while it's been proven by the early adopters and maybe the early masses, the guy next door is not necessarily using it. And they may have tried it you know, 10 years ago when it wasn't as connected as it is now, and it may not have worked for them. Let me bring up a point about connectivity, if I can interrupt you again for sure. a second. Electronic prescribing is the one area in electronic healthcare where there really are standards. One system can interoperate with any other system. The drug names, the strengths, the way that they're sent, they're sent with uh, NCPDP script standard, which is a standardized format to send the prescriptions and the renewal requests, the way the messages are sent to the pharmacy. There really are standards here where EMRs, the standards aren't quite there yet. So interoperability among electronic prescribing systems is there. This is giving us a preview of what we can expect in about five years or maybe a little longer with electronic medical records where data entered in one point of the system will show up in every other point. It does with medications now or can with medications now. And this is the hope is that this will expand these kind of standards into electronic medical records 
so that it will really be a true electronic health record when the patient shows up. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to GI Insights on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Goldstein, and joining me today to discuss electronic prescribing in the GI practice is Chief Medical Officer of Dr. First, an electronic prescribing company, Dr. Peter Kaufman. Well, Peter, let's move on. There are some barriers implementing this. I think you've addressed them. You've described some of the benefits. If someone were in private practice right now and wanted to learn more about this, how would they do so and what would you advise them? Well, the first thing they do is go to Google and type in e-prescribing and see what comes up. They can contact SureScripts. SureScripts is, which just merged with RX Hub. they are the connectivity between the pharmacies and the e-prescribing systems, between the payers and the e-prescribing systems, and they certify the systems, and they have information about all the certified systems. And that's www.suresscripts.com, and they are a great resource for this kind of information. Then they just have to collect their wits and go ahead and try it. In primary care, there are a lot of programs. Many states have programs that will pay for the electronic prescribing, but rarely will pay for a gastroenterologist because they feel that they're already you know, making more money in their practice, and they write fewer prescriptions. Well, that's a subject for a different program that GIs are overcompensated. <laughs> Certainly not. So what about nursing? How does nursing play a role in this, if any? Well, the system is role-based. Most of the systems are, and certainly ours is, where different people in the practice can play different roles. And every practice, of course, does it differently. But the receptionist can check the patient's medication history when they come in and make sure it's appropriate with them. They'll certainly want to check and make sure the patient's demographics are correct. And you know, to be really effective, a system should be interfaced with the other electronics in your office. So the staff only needs to enter your new phone number once and to go into the other systems. The nurses can enter the medications for the physician to sign or can actually send them into the pharmacy for the physician to sign later if that's the way the practice wants to work it. Physician extenders in most states can write all prescriptions or at least a subset of prescriptions. And many practices have a physician extender, a PA or an NP, write the prescriptions. Other practices, the physician writes the prescriptions themselves just like they would on a prescription pad, except they're using an electronic device to write the prescriptions when they're with the patients. And renewals are generally handled by a staff member who may sign them and send them back or may pass them over to the physician. I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but I am. Your crystal ball tells us what's going to happen 10 years down the line. 10 years down the line, I think that there'll be probably 80% of physicians or more using electronic prescribing. And most of those will probably be using it in conjunction with an electronic medical record and not using standalone electronic prescribing. In the interim, I think a good number of those will start with standalone electronic prescribing, see what tremendous value they have because there's a lot of bang for the buck with e-prescribing from e-healthcare and then want to move on to a full electronic medical record as they and their staff get on board and realize how advantageous electronic healthcare can be. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Peter Kaufman, for joining us today in discussing electronic prescribing, a way of the future? Yes, and the present. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to GI Insights on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. For additional information on this program and on-demand podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com and use promo code 
AGA. Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America is proud to sponsor this important and quality programming for ReachMD listeners. Takeda does not control the editorial content of this broadcast. The views expressed are solely those of the guests who are selected by the AGA Institute. Based in Deerfield, Illinois, Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America is a wholly owned subsidiary of Takeda Pharmaceutical Company Limited, the largest pharmaceutical company in Japan. In the United States, Takeda markets products for diabetes, insomnia, wakefulness, and gastroenterology, and is developing products in the areas of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and other conditions. Takeda is committed to striving toward better health for individuals and progress in medicine by developing superior pharmaceutical products. To learn more about the company and its products, visit www.tpna.com.